Welcome back to Young Smart Money, show number 24 with me, your host, Apple Kreider, the show where we bring on young people who are doing cool stuff financially and entrepreneurially, interview them and give you their best tips, tricks, and practices from what they have learned. Today, we have Holly Morphew on the show. She is helping people. She's really coaching people on how to achieve financial freedom. We've got some value bombs that we're dropping today. Without further ado, let's bring Holly on to Young Smart Money. All right, Holly, thank you so much for being on the show and joining us here today on Young Smart Money. Could you give our audience just a brief background of sort of who you are and what you're all about? Sure, yeah. I'm Holly Morphew, and I'm all about financial independence. Mm, perfect. All right. So I, I know you personally have a lot, uh, like, like your story regarding pers- or financial independence, rather, is a very interesting one. So could you just sort of give us the brief rundown, maybe like, five minutes or less of like your story with financial uh, independence? Sure. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've, I've achieved financial independence twice in my life because what started out as just a plan to eliminate $67,000 in credit card debt. Jeez. Yeah. That turned into, wow, well, you know, what can I do next? And that turned into, you know, I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck anymore. How can I create true wealth for myself? And so I just used all of the, the dollars that I had identified that I used to eliminate debt. I used those to create wealth. Wow. So $67,000 in credit card debt. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty substantial. Um, over what period of time was that building up? So, yeah. So, there are really two reasons that I got into credit card debt in my 20s. And it started out, see, I, okay, so I'm a lucky in so far that I was able to use credit cards because I got sick in my early 20s mm-hmm. and I needed a medication that cost $5,000 a month Jeez. that my insurance company didn't cover. Oh. And I remember I was 20, I think I was 22 years old. I remember handing my credit card to the gal at CBS. This is when I lived in Boston and I just tears streaming down my face. And she's like, you know, this isn't covered by insurance. And I'm like, I know, but you know, it's like you have to live, right? Yeah. So on the one hand, I'm really grateful that I had the credit to fall back on when I needed it. And then, you know, I did that for a few months and I came home, you know, I'd been living in Boston, kind of kickstarting my career in real estate and everything was good. I just knew that you know, I wouldn't be able to create the life that I wanted in a big city like that as, you know, a young entrepreneur. I wanted, I knew I wanted to buy real estate and I knew that I had this burden of debt just kind of like following me around. So I moved back in with my parents, which was like the best financial move that I made Mm. in my twenties. And I saved every penny that I earned for a, a year and I got a great job, started earning six figures. And I just started, you know, earning money really for the first time and really starting to learn about money. And I had a financial advisor and, um, you know, I was starting to invest. And so at that point I kind of thought, Oh, you know, I've got this debt, Mm -hmm. but it's not really hurting me that much. So I didn't, I didn't really make it a point to tackle it at that time. And so it wasn't until, you know, it was two or three years later and I'm working 60 or 70 hours a week and just burned out. And, you know, really felt like, what's my purpose? You know, yeah. like I, I went to college, I got good grades, you know, <laughs> I played sports, I did all the things that you're supposed yep. to do, you know, to create success. And I'm like, this is what I get. You know, I've got <laughs> like 
okay, so I looked successful. I had a yeah. house, I had the car, I had the lifestyle, I had the job. Um, but you know, there was a high price to be paid for that. And I remember one Saturday morning I woke up and, and this is when I was working in real estate. So I worked every single weekend mm -hmm. and I just, you know, my friends had stopped calling me at this point. Cause it was like, Oh no, I'm going to be working. So, and I just didn't want to go to work. And I thought, okay, well, and this is a technique that I use now. Like I'll mm -hmm. think forward what would be the consequence of a decision that I'm going to make. So I thought, okay, mm -hmm. well, let's just play this out. Like, what if I don't go to work? What will happen? And I thought, okay, well, I won't get a paycheck. And well, what will happen if I don't get a paycheck? Well, I can't pay my mortgage and then I can't pay for my car. And then I thought, well, gosh, if I can't make those payments, I won't actually have those. So do I really have them? Because mm. if I don't go to work, I don't really own anything. And that's when I realized, okay, this is not, this is not the life that I want to live. And so I, you know, I called my financial advisor. And I, you know, surely my financial advisor would understand what I'm talking about. And yeah. his response to me was, how much more money do you want to invest? And uh. I just thought, okay, you know, he, he doesn't get it. So who will get it? You know, who can I go to that can help me create, like for me, the life that I want to live, like I want to go on vacation and get paid while I'm on vacation. Exactly. So it's like how can I create that life? And that's really what I was thinking about then, but I didn't really know like what is the path to get there. But I, I knew that I had a lot of debt and a lot of payments and those had to go. Cause you're not truly free. If you always have to check your mailbox and make a payment. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so I just realized that if I wanted to create financial independence, which is what we call it now, you know, at mm -hmm. the time we didn't have that terminology, you know, this is like, the early to mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. So I just went back to my roots in studying business in college and uh, investing in real estate and working with startup businesses and growing them from zero to revenue. And I just applied those principles to my personal finances. And then I eliminated my debt and then I had an emergency savings account. And then, you know, and then you just start to create wealth. It just kind of compounds. So that's amazing. And that's a ridiculous story. Um, earlier you said you hit financial independence twice. Can you talk on sort of what you meant there and when were the two occasions that, that you hit that? Yes. And I should probably caveat it with, I'm, I'm working on achieving it my second time. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of like in the process of it. Okay. So the first time, and here's how, this is the formal definition of financial independence, right? Mm -hmm. It's the ability to pay for your expenses with income that you receive from sources other than a job, right? Yeah. So if your lifestyle is say you want to live on a beach in Bali and that costs a thousand us a month mm -hmm. and you're earning through, you know, your blog or through, um, the yoga and teaching that you do or, you know, whatever it is. Sure. Um, and, and you're not having to trade your time for that money, mm -hmm. then you're financially independent. If you just make a thousand and one dollars a month. Uh -huh. Right. Okay. Okay. So, but the really cool thing to me about financial independence is that once you get to a point in your life where you are able to pay for your expenses mm -hmm. um, with income that you're receiving from something that you don't have to, you know, go and trade your time for, um, there are new challenges. There are new income streams that you can create and there are new things that you can learn. And so the playing field just gets bigger and bigger and it just becomes more and more fun because, you know, it's, as creative as you can get, 
anything that you love doing, you can monetize in the economy yeah. that we, we live in. So it's really exciting. Wow. Okay. Okay. So the first time, the first time, was that a couple of years ago or how far, how long ago was that? Yeah. So about a year and a half ago, I put all of my stuff in storage. Okay. For about 10% of it. I, I bought a shipping container and I put the rest of my stuff in storage and I just went and traveled. Wow. Yeah. And then when I came back from that, I thought, okay, what's like, what's next for me? Where do I want to live? Do I want to live in New York? Do I want to stay in Colorado? Cause I love Colorado. Do I want to move to Southern California? All great places to live. Right. Or do I want to live somewhere else in the world? And, um, when it comes down to it, I love Colorado. It's my home. My family is here. I have a great mm -hmm. community here and I've got a great place to live. And I am able to pay for this lifestyle without having to go up and do and go out and do a job. And it's, that's really a blessing. Mm, that's, that's amazing. So what are, what are some of your different income streams that you've been able to create for yourself that are outside of a job? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I, I'm a financial coach. Okay. And so I, I, I work with clients and, and create financial independence in their lives. And, uh, I also have real estate investments Mm -hmm. And um, I've done a little bit of cryptocurrency investing, which has been interesting. Interesting, interesting. Yep. As far as real estate goes, are you are you um, flipping stuff? Are you buy and hold? Are you renting stuff out? Or what does that look like? Yeah. So my family, you know, we've all done a lot of different things in real estate, and what I've settled on that works for me that I really enjoy doing is buying and holding and and renting. Okay. Cool. Is it, are you like doing any rehab at all or is it just basically buy it, fill it with some tenants and just yep. let it sit? Yeah. The rehab game, that's not really for me. I like to spend my time, um, you know, creating content and writing yes. and, working yes. with people and speaking. And so, you know, I think a lot about lifestyle design mm -hmm. and you know, your, your energy flows where your focus goes. Mm, yep. Exactly. So, when I think about as much as I love real estate investing and you know, the, there is the fix and flip game. There's so many ways to make money in real estate. Yeah. It's like on a daily basis, what do I really want to be doing? Like what lights me up? You know what? And so those are the things that I try to spend more of my time and my energy on so that I can create more of that in my life. Mm. So have you been, have you been pretty entrepreneurially since a young age? Like when did this all start? Yeah, I have. I have. I actually have a friend who um, we've always kind of lived in the same neighborhood. And I remember when we were teenagers and we'd have a snow day, we'd put our snow suits on and we'd grab our snow shovels and we'd go shovel people's driveways. Dang. $200 in a day. And, you know, with that it's like, cool, we have money. Now what can we do? Yeah. And that's real money at that age, like making 200 bucks in a day. That's yeah. That's real stuff. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when did you start, when did you start transitioning into helping people, um, establish like financial plans or help people in that regard? Um, were you always interested in helping people? Um, and where did that all start? So it kind of happened by accident. Okay, and as I'm, most so glad, I'm so glad that it did. <laughs> um, so when I was in high school, I was a total Japanese nerd. I was president of the Japanese club and yeah, I just, you know, I walked into Spanish class one day and, um, I think I was late and I was at a new school and the teacher just did just, we didn't click. Let's put it that way. So I went straight to my counselor's office. I said, what language can I take 
so that, you know, it fits into my schedule. He said, you know, take Japanese. I said, sure. So the Rotary Club in, in Boulder, Colorado gave me a scholarship to study abroad in Japan when I was in high school. Wild. Yeah. And so then in college, um, I had such a great experience in Japan. In college, um, I applied for another scholarship with Rotary. And Rotary is such a great organization. You know, it's an international service organization and they do projects all over the world. And uh, so they gave me another scholarship to um, study abroad in Spain. And so long story short, when I, when I graduated from college and I moved to Boston with three of my girlfriends, I joined the Rotary Club. And I was the youngest member. There weren't very many women in the group at that time. And, you know, this is right around the time when I was kind of starting my career and starting to learn about money. And I was working in real estate. And I was, work I was the boutique real estate firm that I worked for in Boston. We only sold million dollar and up estate properties. And so wow. I, you know, I got to really interact with you know, very wealthy people who have, you know, money and kind of hear their conversations and, and where they put their money. And um, it was very eye-opening for me. How so? And so as a way for me to give back, I pitched this idea to Rotary International. I said, you know, why don't I go to local high schools and teach kids about money? Because at the time, you know, you could, on college campuses, you get a free t-shirt if you signed up for a credit card yeah. and I have friends that signed up for credit cards with their social security number and different names and that's forever in their credit reports because they have now lines of credit I mean that's how easy it was jeez yeah so it was a different time and so I this workshop uh they said yes and I started teaching I I did it in Colorado and I started teaching this workshop at local high schools and it just kind of it blew up and um, I was having to take time off work to teach this workshop and I really, really enjoyed it. And then I had, you know, my peers or parents of, of my kids asking, Hey, Holly, when's your next money workshop? I want to sit in on it. And that's when I realized, okay, there's, there truly is a need for this. It's not just kids who need yeah. financial education. No, because I mean, the kids of last generation weren't getting it and these kids aren't getting it. So now the parents are not even knowing what to teach the kids. So it's it's a it's a problem that's been going on for for a long time. There's always a need for for somebody to teach people about money and and how to effectively make it and manage it and just interact with money in the real world yeah. because that's something that we're not getting in schools really at all. Um, so, what were some of the early things that you were teaching at these workshops that you had sort of picked up from these from these high ticket individuals um, that you ran into through real estate? Um, you know, it, as far as as like words of wisdom. Sure. Yeah. From some of the wealthier people. Yeah. You know, protecting their money was really big for them. Mm -hmm. And, and what I found because primarily I was working in real estate is that is one of the ways that they used to protect their money or pass money down from generation to generation. And, you know, real estate has been, has been a great vehicle for me to create wealth. It's mm -hmm. not for everyone. No. And you know, when I said that I'm, I'm achieving financial independence twice, the next challenge for me really is to create another stream of income. That's totally different than the other ways that I make money hmm. because that's true. You know, to me, that's, that's true diversification. Yeah. Right. You know, if you're making money from, okay, so here's a way to think about it. Mm -hmm. 
and this is something that a, a mentor taught me early on. He said, you know, Holly, it's much better to own 5% of 100 businesses than 100% of one. Why? Because you're truly diversifying your income streams and where your money is com coming from depending on what's happening in the economy at any given time, right? Yeah. Some businesses come and go, some stay for a long time, some have high profit margins, some don't, you know, and it all comes down to, again, kind of spending your energy on the things that you want to get back. Right. So if you like it, so for example, I had a fabrication company, mm -hmm. um, for, for many years and, um, you know, compare one fabrication company to another fabrication company. You might have one that has a 3% profit margin. You might have an, one that has a 10% profit margin. So ev you can even niche down into a business and follow those income streams that give you the higher profit margins. And so these are really creative ways that you can get into, um, building income into your personal finances and building income into your business finances. So does that also tie into with what you said earlier about you working with startups? Um, so are you, are you investing in startups or mentoring them or what's, what's your role with startups like? Yeah. So that's my past life. I worked with a okay. lot of different startups, electric bicycles, skincare, fabrication company, um, lots of different industries. And I learned a lot and primarily I was on the financial side. So creating financial documents and um, I worked for this a retail company and uh, it was a food retail company. Hmm. And so I, I was hired to create all of their, their startup financial documents. So I was tracking where all of the money was coming from and who the different investors were and, you know, at what point they were going to go from you know, being negative to being positive and, you know, how many years it would take to be profitable. And as a, you know, as a coach working with high, you know, higher earners who, you know, they're making, you know, and I, you know, a high earner, I, that would be a six figure earner, you know, someone who's making more than a hundred thousand dollars a year, but that can sure. vary, right? I mean, a hundred thousand dollars a year is very different than $700,000 a year, yeah. $200,000 a year, right? Yeah. And so there are, and I know I'm getting down into kind of really the nitty gritty, but this is really how I look at money. And the more you understand it and the more you understand um, how to make it. Mm -hmm. And then once you, cause making it is one thing. There are people who are really great at making money, Yeah. but, but, but they're not great at keeping it or they're not great at growing it. And so, you know, my job really is to kind of help people think as, you know, abundantly and as big as they can and really break through any limitations they have to create that money. And also having the background and working with startups in so many different industries and just seeing like, where can you um, create more income? Right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure where I was, I was going with that or where you wanted me to take that. No, um, I was mostly yeah. just wondering about your role with startups, but I think you pretty much answered that. And uh, that's just, that's very interesting. So you moved on basically from startups to working more with individuals on the financial coaching side of things. Is that how the progression sort of went or? Yes. So, so what happened from the transition from teaching this workshop with Rotary yeah. to where I am now, you know, I've, my career has been long, you know, it's been 12 years at this point since I started coaching. And when I started out, it wasn't a thing, <laughs> you know, people are like, so what do you do? You know, and still to this day, people ask me, you know, 
Um, so as a financial advisor, no, 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 I'm not a financial <laughs> advisor because, and that's not to knock financial advisors, you know, they, they, they have a, a role, a, a, an important role, but you know, my job is to help people get to the point where they can invest their money, where you have money to invest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, so, so yeah, it's, you know, it's a very different game mm-hmm. what I'm but- doing. But yeah, so that was, you know, 12 years ago and, and. I, the recession happened and I pulled back in, in 2008, 2009, because I saw that there were so many things changing and indeed they were because then we came out with the C- the consumer financial protection bureau mm-hmm. and we have so many great, um, financial education resources now and advocates and, and conscious financial companies. It's just, it's a whole new frontier. And I, I see it as very, promising both from a personal financial standpoint and just having the ability, you know, maybe you're not an entrepreneur. Maybe you want to, um, you know, climb the career ladder and you love your job and and you like the warm, safe and dry. I have been there. You know, I have had jobs. I haven't Mm -hmm. always been an entrepreneur and it's nice to have a job with assets, you know, and a job with assets is one that gives you benefit, you know, healthcare, 401k matching, and that can all be used as a, a foundation to then go and create the life that you want, yeah. right? <clears throat> and so throughout those years of me working with startups and investing in real estate and kind of just dabbling in, you know, what do I really want to do? Um, I stepped back from financial coaching after the recession. And then I went back in 2012 and I got two certifications. I got, I became an accredited financial counselor and a certified financial health counselor. Hmm. And then those led to, you know, other certifications and, and other opportunities. And I realized that most of my time was spent in, in the financial coaching um, realm behind a desk with people in front of me who were coming to me in crisis mode. And I, f- I felt like um, there's just such a big need for people to understand money. Yeah, completely. You know? And it's just like, it's, you shouldn't have to pay a lot of money. You shouldn't have to pay thousands of dollars to figure out how to track your actual spending. You know, even making money shouldn't, it's not, you know, making money is not hard. We know now there are plug and play systems. I mean, you talk about it all the time on your podcast and I just, I thank you so much for that because if you want to make money and you're committed to making money, I will show you a way. You yeah. will show your audience a way. So many, so many opportunities available to people. So much white space out there. Like if yeah. you're, if your struggle is like how to make money, that's, that's just, that should be a non-issue because there's so many options out there. And again, like both of us are, are here to like shoot us an email and, and let us know where you're at. And we will supply you with plenty of ideas and just step-by-step models because there's just, there's so much abundance out there. And it really just comes down to opening your eyes and being able to see all the stuff that is around you. Um, so Holly, most of, most of our audience here is, is um, about high school and college student age. So what would, you, what would you tell these people or what do you think it's important for young people to know when it comes to like financial independence and just having, getting that mindset in place of, of thinking about life different from sort of the, the monthly payment style that, that most of us are thinking about life in terms of um, what, what are some good like first steps to, to sort of start shifting that mindset? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. You know, yeah. okay. So the first thing is plan. Okay. So your dollars 
are going to go somewhere no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. So better for you to direct your dollars where you want them to go than to have every single person that's coming at you saying, I want your money, I want your money. And then, you know, all of a sudden you don't have any dollars. It's like, well, what did I, what did I really get for them? You know, exactly. like when I spent my money, did it move me any closer to what my goals are? And that's a huge shift. That's like, this is values-based yeah. spending. But like, I think about this when I spend my money now, because I used to be such an impulsive shopper. It was like, oh, that's a pretty, you know, pretty purse, you know, I'll, I'll just buy it. But mm -hmm. now it's like, okay, define your values. Okay. Like what kind of life do you want to have? What do you want to, um, foster in your life? You know, for me, the things that I value the most are love, freedom and independence. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and authenticity. And so, you know, I spend my money on things that will bring me more of that. Mm. Yes. That's so big. That's so big. And it's such a shift from like the instant gratification um, that I mean, so many young people, uh, I just see among all of my peers, just the, the, the instant gratification mentality of this looks cool. I'm going to buy it. This would be nice. I'm going to buy it. I, I just got paid today. So I have to go spend some money because I just have all this money in my bank account. I can't just sit there like what that would be putting it to waste. So I have to go out there and buy stuff with it. So, ah, and okay. So that, that I have to share this since you yes, said that, Apple. Yes. um, save your money <laughs> <laughs> because this is the thing is that I have seen the economy totally change since I started teaching personal finance. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> and these days, if you want to get to financial independence, you have got to save your money, period. There is no way around it. And for those who make a plan and take control of your spending and you just all you have to do is put a little bit of money in the right bucket every single month and what's the right bucket okay the right bucket is a savings account mm -hmm. get yourself a savings account and make it an arm's reach okay so get yeah. you know get a my c note account they pay two and a half percent fdic insured yeah and you know and your money's going there it's going into a good um, conscious company that's doing good works with your money. But then when you log into your bank account, you're not going to see your arms reach emergency savings account there. So in your mind, it's almost like you don't have it, but every month if you set up an automatic transfer, uh, automatic, yes. money, an automatic, this is paying yourself first 101. You don't pay any expenses until you've paid yourself first. And that's having a plan for your money. Mm. That's, that's huge because if you try to earn, if you try to like earn your way to financial independence and you just solely focus on making more money, that money's just going to keep going out. If you're not focusing on saving it and where it's actually going, it's just going to keep going out and out and out. And then also what you said about just, uh, there's, there's this mentality that again, among college students, it's so, it, it just runs rampant where dipping into your savings account is an okay thing to do. Um, and whenever I hear people talking about that or like, oh, I, I spent a lot of money this weekend. I, I went out a lot. I had to dip into my savings account. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like savings accounts in, in my viewpoint, they should be for things that are either truly emergencies or, or really thought out purchases that, that you've put a lot of time and effort into, into thinking about. And it's something that you've been saving up for, for a long time not just these impulse purchases of like, oh, I'm going to buy a couple extra drinks this weekend. So I guess I got to grab 50 bucks from my savings account. Like that, that feels very, very wrong to me. 
but it's, 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 a, it's a mentality that's very, very common on, on at least my college campus. Um, and that's why most people are broke. I mean, yeah. only 20% of millennials have a plan. Only 20%. I was just on a, a, um, a webinar with InvestNet and EverFi. And, you know, that means 80% of, of millennials are not making a plan. So, and the problem is when you spend your dollars, they're gone. Yeah. But when you put your dollars into something that could potentially make you money over the long run, the thing is, is that life is long if you're lucky enough to live. And if every single month you put $100 into, let's say that you opened up an IRA, and you're 18 years old, you open an IRA, oh. you put a hundred bucks a month in it for 10 yes. years, you're going to be a millionaire at 65. Yeah. Period. The average rate of return. Yeah. That's like, powerful. That's, that's real. That's real stuff because your money can either be working for you or it can be working for somebody else. So it's all about putting that money to work and, and making sure that you are holding on to it and using it for things that, again, like you said, align with your value set because you got to sit down and establish like what things are worth spending money on because you can't just not spend any money. Okay. You got to spend money on some things. You got to live life a little bit. You can't just prolong your entire life until you're 65 years old. Like that's, that's not something at least that I want to do. Um, but you have to figure out what things are actually going to bring you value for, for the rest of your life and what things are worth devoting that money to in the first place, because if you're just tossing money around and you're out by the end of the month, every month, like it's probably not going to be the best for your financial situation. Right. And I always think about like, okay, why am I saving? You know, what are the, what are the trade-offs? Cause there's that moment, right? Where you want to buy the next drink or you want to buy the next concert tickets or you want to buy the next clothes or electronics or whatever it is. And it's yeah. like, how do you, how do you go from wanting it to making that quote unquote, the right decision and save your money. Right. And so I always say that <clears throat> on the other side of that thing is the life that you want. Mm. And That's, so, yeah. yeah, and it's just so true because like when I'm spending money on, um, say, I'm, let's say I go to Starbucks and I spend six bucks on a, a Frappuccino. Mm -hmm. It's just an easy example to use, like, how am I going to feel after that? You know, if I value health, for example, which I do, health mm -hmm. is important to me, yeah. right? You know, sugar, not really good for me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not good for the body. We know that. And also like, what if I took $6 once a week and put that into my C-note account or I put that into my index funds account or I like, and I did that ongoing because a little habit that you do every day, just a little good habit in the end over a period of time, it adds up to some really good stuff. And as an 18 year old, as a 22 year old, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be 30. You're going to wake up one day and you're going to be 40. And yep. when you have a little, you know, that little bit of money that you just thought through, Oh, I'm not going to spend this, you know, 50 bucks at the bars this weekend. Instead, I'm going to put it in, you know, my savings account or my whatever it is, or maybe you're putting it into an account because you want to start a business one day or you yeah. want to move into an apartment and you want to have that that, you know, first, last and security deposit saved. I mean, money gives you options. And that's what's really exciting is that once you have a little bit of traction, then it starts to get really, and then it's like, oh, I've got this pot of money and I really want to take three months off work because I'm totally burned out. Or I want to take a year off of school because I want to go and do this program. And I need, that's how you do it. You do exactly. it for a good steward of your money from, you know, the first day that you started getting money, the first day you started shoveling snow. 
I love that. I love that money. When you said money creates options, I just completely, that really resonates with me because having, having the opportunity to do what you want, because you were mindful of the, of the money that you had and how you were, you were allocating that uh, at first really does give you so many more options over time. Um, so for you personally, what are you, what are you sort of moving towards um, with your financial independence? Like what are, what are, what comes after um, you getting that financial independence? Like what, what do you want to do then? So right now I am working on increasing different income streams in my business. So writing a book, producing an e-course, um, getting more into learning how to blog and uh, just learning a lot of things that I never thought that I would do. You yeah. know, as a financial coach, I've always kind of been like a linear math and science kind of person, but now <laughs> I've just, the, the, the financial independence community really is amazing. And, yeah. you know, I feel like I have been welcomed into it. I feel like I'm a part of it and we all want to help you get where you're going. And I'm also a part of that. So I'm also kind of on this, um, I want to create more income streams right along with everyone else. In some senses, I'm, I'm still a beginner doing some things. Mm -hmm. and so that's why I love, I love this journey so much is because while I'm an expert at say real estate investing or, you know, creating wealth through, um, your personal finances or building income streams into your business, mm -hmm. um, there are still so many things for me to learn and we can all learn from each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, Yep. That's what I'm on too. It's just co continuing to pursue that knowledge and, and learn more and expand your opportunities because I mean, knowledge creates opportunities just as well as money does. So, um, Holly, before we wrap up, I have a couple of questions that I like to ask all of my guests, um, before we go. The first of which is how do you stay motivated? Because you're doing a ton. You, you've got your financial coaching, you've got all your investing, your real estate. Um, so how do you stay motivated every single day to get up and get after it? I, I, every morning I start with learning. So whether it's listening to a podcast or reading or, you know, I'm always taking different courses. I'm, a, I'm, I'm always learning because I like to, to know what's going on. And what I found is that, uh, you know, that everyone else is also learning right along with you. Mm. That's so that, yep, exactly. And like the people, the people that are learning are the people that you want to take along with you. So that's, that's, that's for sure. Um, next, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, whether that be in your business or just in your life in general? You know, there are two things that I started doing last year that have really helped me grow professionally and personally. Okay. And one of them, so they're morning and evening practices. Okay. And the first one is, the very first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I think about five things that I'm grateful for. Mm. And sometimes I'll say them out loud and sometimes I'll think about them and why sometimes I'll make it really fast, but every single morning starts out with gratitude mm. and every evening ends with a list of my five wins for the day. So like, what did I win at today? Because what I found is that, for those high achievers and, you know, people who are go, 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 which is what society kind of teaches us to do is like, go, go, go and work so hard and never give yep. up. And I just don't, um, I don't subscribe to that at all. You know, I'm a big believer in getting into alignment before you take action. And, um, and part of that is giving yourself credit for the things that you've done well and, you know, being kind to yourself because, you know, 
your relationship with yourself is just as important as your relationship with the other people in your life. Mm. And in a way, the, the relationship with self is really what propels. And so you have to build that relationship too. And so this is a way I found for me to just be kinder to myself is, you know, at night before I go to bed, just really kind of think back on the day and, and say, okay, you know, Holly, you did this really well. You know, you, you really wanted that. And so then I'm going to sleep with a, with a feeling of like, okay, you know, I accomplished something today and I grew a little bit and those little, again, it just goes back to like a little bit of confidence every day that leads to bigger confidence and everyone could use more confidence and everyone mm. should have confidence because you're you. Yeah. That's enough. That's all you need to do is just show up and be you. Oh, I love that so much. I'm actually, so what I do at the end of the day is I usually put together like two or three sentences, just something really quick on the day, just to like recap it and just sort of reflect a little bit on, on how the day went. But I, I think I might start incorporating that, um, tossing a couple wins in there, maybe like, yeah, three or five wins of the day. I think that's, that's a really cool idea. Um, and I definitely, I, I might start incorporating that and I'll let you know how that goes. Cool. Um, Make sure you throw in a couple of these. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, all right. One more, uh, got a couple more questions. The okay. next one is, um, books. So what books have really had a big impact on you? Again, this can be in your life or in business or really any, any aspect that you want to take it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I read the big leap last okay. year by Gay Hendricks. And it was just fantastic. It's one of those books that you read and you kind of feel good as you're reading it. Mm. But the premise of the book is that we all have these uh, sort of happiness ceilings. And when we reach the happiness ceiling, we don't allow ourselves to uh, ascend or transcend through it. And so we kind of have these, um, like a thermostat on our, our, how big we think. And um, you know, removing barriers and thinking bigger because there's, there's just so much opportunity everywhere. And this book has really helped me sort of uncover, um, what's happening in my mind when things are going really well and what's happening in my mind when things aren't going well, really well. And how do, how does my thought process play a role in what's unfolding in my life? So it's a great book. I totally recommend it for anyone who wants to sort of break through or like go big. Interesting. Okay. I really like that. I'll have to check that out. Mm -hmm. um, perfect. And then the last question is just where can people find out more about you? Where can people connect with you and where can people follow up with you? Yeah. Just financialimpact.com. Financialimpact.com. Perfect. All right. Well, if you guys want to hear more from Holly, definitely head over there. Holly, thank you so much again for appearing on the show today. I know I learned a ton and I'm really glad I got to hear your story because it's a really, it's a really cool story. And I definitely, there's a lot of stuff that I want to start incorporating into my life that, that I picked up on that, that you were doing. So thank you again for your time and, and appearing here. And I hope our, well, I know our audience got a ton of value out of this. So thanks again for that. Cool. Thank you so much. Holly, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really do appreciate it. And I know our listeners got a ton of value out of our conversation. If you guys want to learn more about Holly, what she's all about, I've got some links to her resources in the show notes of this episode that you can check out wherever you are listening to this podcast. That being said, if you did enjoy this episode, if you got some value out of it, do consider leaving a review on this podcast as well, Young Smart Money. I appreciate each and every review. Read them all, take them all to heart, and start implementing everything that you guys leave me there. So definitely leave a review if you got some value out of it. Otherwise, I will see you guys on Friday.